Thankfully, this week, Gossip Girl to a level of scrutiny that they absolutely deserve. Uh, I think because I think we the verdict was last week is that Glee is no longer worthy of our scrutiny, right? <laughs> um, that that is Ryan Sheely. I am Matthew Rather, but call me Serena because you are like frequently misinformed and frustratingly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, snap! <laughs> No, because, or just because you're of the fairer complexion. No, uh, because I am. Uh, because I am. Uh, you're wearing a low cut top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm podcasting naked today. No, it's. This is one of those days for me. It's about three o'clock here on the West Coast. I have not yet gotten dressed. Um, let me tell you, being a graduate student is awesome in certain respects. Um, not the grinding poverty or the you know. Those kinds of things. But uh, other respects. Other respects. The fact that you can teach a section without having gotten dressed. Um. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I'm teaching a section. You know, can I tell you, I'm, uh, I'm TAing an online course this summer uh, where I'm a grader. Um, Actually, if any of you want to take it, it should be pretty interesting. Oh, wow. That's awesome. In your papers. No, I can't. That would interfere with my integrity and livelihood. Yeah, your integrity as a podcaster is very important to us. And I I just I do not want to throw that all away. Um, uh, Acting in film. Uh, from from UCLA School of Theater, Film, and Television. Session C. Sign up for it online. Should be a good time. Anyway, I feel um, like you must have given away. We've talked about that kind of topic um, in different ways uh, throughout this show, so you've probably given away bits of it for free. Uh, yeah, so if you're hooked, kids, uh, <laughs> if you can't if you can't get enough, uh, lot of uh, apparently a very easy A. You know, a lot of a uh, lot of high school students taking it for like college credit to look good on a transcript. I, I have a Cause, feeling because it's, pre- it's better than like taking an AP course. Probably easier than taking an AP well, course. Yeah, to say you've taken a class at UCLA, you may have heard of it. It's in Los Angeles. Um, but the uh, you know I don't know uh, probably probably equivalent to that, except a lot uh, a lot more fun. Anyway, uh, you know, so, oh, so the whole thing's online. I get the papers online. I mark them up online. I put the grades in online. And I, I, don't, I don't even have to get out of bed to, uh, to be a TA anymore. But I then mean, the, lectures, the lectures are online as well? They're, or the they're lecture video, yeah, they're video recorded. And they're mm-hmm. already recorded. You know? Then do you have to have like office hours, and th- those are also like online office hours, or how does, yeah, how does I have that? To, work? I have to answer email more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, right. This is, I mean, this is the future. I because it happens that I'm going, uh, I'm going to New York in the middle of while well, classes in in session. And wh- when I got this appointment, I I thought I would have to decline it because I was leaving town. Uh, but they said no, as long as you have a computer and the internet, you can teach. Um, you can teach the uh, online class. I don't know if you have any experience with anything like that, Ryan, with, you know, distance learning, as it's called, or, you know, I don't know, uh, educational technology. Uh, not, not, not so much. I mean, I think it, you know, there's, there's de facto distance learning when the students stop coming to class, but um, <laughs> I don't think that's quite the same thing. Um, no, you know, I think that, 
um, the the educational institution that employs me does have some um, uh, some some kind of distance learning, some some kinds of online things. But I think the main kind of thing, I mean, it's a it's an old brand, uh, and I think they they're still in the kind of brick and brick and mortar business. The chalkboard um, you don't even have you don't even have whiteboards. You have chalkboards. Yeah, no, uh, that that is that is correct. Actually, um, in our classrooms, we have we have chalkboards, old school uh, chalkboards. Yeah, I- if you've ever tried to use a, a whiteboard in a like a seminar situation or in like a classroom. Uh, like when I was a high school, te- high school teacher, um, uh, a chalkboard is superior to a whiteboard in almost every respect. You know, you can do all the colors with chalk, but uh, whiteboards are just, I don't know, they're just annoying. You know what I mean? I guess fun. so. That's it, where we subject where we subject uh, whiteboards and chalkboards to a level of scrutiny. We could probably fill. We could probably because because you said every respect, and there are a lot of different respects <laughs> and aspects of of chalkboards and uh, and whiteboards. I mean, there's visibility. Right. Um, there is is kind of like the uh, ease of cleaning. Um, which I believe whiteboards definitely have the edge there. Oh, at my, um, at my very fancy high school, there was a there was a maintenance crew to uh, <laughs> to deal with that. Who would come in every morning and they'd been like washed with water. It was it was incredible. Wow, um, wow. No, but I mean, I'm talking about like you have the dust. Um, you know, even even if there is a maintenance crew, um, you have you have dust, you have residue. Um, you know, you have you have the the ability to like quickly um, erase and change something which i think is easier on a whiteboard um <laughs> uh man i can i can go on um i use both of these things uh on, on a regular basis um you know i've uh i i've definitely seen a blackboard or whiteboard more recently than i've seen an episode of glee that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but, but that's they, not true. That's not true for Gossip Girl because I watched, uh, I rewatched uh, an episode of Gossip Girl last night. I believe we have four left that we didn't discuss, yeah. and we want to. We actually want to talk about that. We want to talk about rewatching and um, and uh, think of what you guys think of it. But but let me uh, let me first invite you to join the conversation. Uh, best place to do it is probably the show notes on overthinkingit.com, um, where you can leave a comment uh, and you know discuss with your fellow listeners and with us uh, everything that is going on. Uh, you can also if you want to reach us privately you can email us at tftpodcast at overthinkingit.com we're on the twitters at tftpodcast that's twitter.com slash tftpodcast uh if you search for these fucking teenagers podcast on facebook you'll find the facebook group and i would like to do more exciting things with the facebook group so you know join up on the facebook group search for these fucking teenagers and you'll find it there uh and also be sure to go back uh i'll, I'll make sure the poll is is the same poll as again in the uh, show notes for this episode be sure to to go and vote on what you want us to do uh, for summer school, um, what's uh, what's winning right now? Is there are there any? Um, oh, I'll pull it. Uh, I, I can pull exit, it exit polls. I can pull it up while while we're talking and give you a little exit poll. But um, but uh, let's let's launch in. Um, so you you rewatched. Talk talk a little b- a bit about if you would, Ryan. Talk about rewatching and uh, how that how that works. Sure. Well, I mean, I think that there's a you know few reasons to to rewatch. I mean, I think that. It, depending, you know, in our normal schedule, when you know, back if if there is so much such a thing as a as a normal schedule, um, you know, theoretically, 
our uh, our schedule is that uh, a episode of Glee and Gossip Girl um, air in a given week. Uh, we watch them, and then sometime before the airing of the next episodes, we uh, we record a show. Um, and that's that was I, I mean that was more or less the model for the first uh, year of the existence of this uh, of this podcast. Um, and even in that model, I would sometimes, depending on the day of of uh, you know airing uh or the day that the show was watched and the day we were recording would sometimes rewatch if i watched like on the air date and then we were recording almost a week later i would i would rewatch um and that's because i think that you know part of what we are attempting to do here is to um is to provide a close reading but when this show does what it what it uh you know it, it, when it when it, it kind of is is its best version when we're the best versions of of ourselves when we're the best version of tft um you know we provide a close reading of of these shows and i think that, that you can do that on one viewing um but i think that regardless you know i mean i don't know matt do you take notes when you when you watch the shows you know i i started uh, taking notes much like uh much like any semester you start with the best of intentions as far as study habits are concerned mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then like uh by the end of it you end up reading the odyssey in one night before the exam you know <laughs> which which i've done uh here's a pro tip no or, or you go and you read the cliff notes right you don't even watch the episodes oh, you, just, you, just I, to, you just go to the recaps like i did i to prepare for today i did read the recaps but i mm-hmm. i did kind of binge watch mm-hmm. like six mm-hmm. gossip girls that i had dvr'd um a couple weeks ago because i thought that we were going to do a glee gossip yeah. girl combo show um, yeah, I think the binge watching is bad for. Uh, I mean, I think that it would be interesting. We should do. I mean, you know, um, we, we, you know, as as we are scientists, or at least you know, one of us is a scientist. Um, uh, soft uh, scientist. <laughs> hey, you know, compared to the humanities, everything is like the most turgid of sciences. <laughs> um, and <laughs> um, uh, anyhow, like I, I think we could, we we should actually, um, you know, conduct an experiment because I, there's two possibilities here. One is, uh, you know, one is is that it's the kind of bulk watching um, and the binge watching that that, it, that causes the problem, um, and the other is that it's it's the distance, right? And so I think what happened. Uh, for us with with Glee last week, um, I mean, you know, I, I think that some of the things that we said about Glee objectively were true, but that was also compounded by the fact that most of us had watched Glee probably more than a month ago um, and had watched many episodes in one fell swoop. Sure. And so what 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 that what happened is then that we were kind of both like left with general impressions, um, general feelings uh opinions um and so on that were by and large negative um and 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 really didn't have the the level of of uh almost pointillistic detail that uh that a good version of the show requires right because it's you know a lot of the interesting you know uh, a lot of the interesting things about these shows are not in the in the narrative or the acting or the performance or even the plotting and in, in, in the kind of you know macro level writing it's in these micro level details and 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 in the kind of interesting things that they that they reveal um and so and again this is this is i mean i i'm interested possibly to go back and do another glee give give a one of the more interesting glee episodes of the last back half um is to do uh consideration 
Yeah, we could do a close rating. Maybe maybe the prom episode. I feel like a prom epi- the prom episode um, is good because that is a you know there it's a it's a trope, a, kind of a standalone trope. Um, sure. And I think that there were yeah, some both, I, both I, like I, high school, like uh, junior prom, and also the prom episode are both sort of uh, pop culture tropes, right? Exactly, exactly. And so I think that that – and I remember that one being um, reasonably strong and there being some interesting things going on um, in that one. So so that would be a good candidate for that. Um, but certainly, I mean, um, as I told Matt in the, in the pre-show, when I, when I rewatched uh, the, the, pre- the, petty, the Petty in Pink episode of, of Gossip Girl uh, last night, which is the, last, the first one in, in the run of four that we haven't watched, I mean, I, I, I ended up with um, – uh, approximately nine pages of legal pad notes uh, on the episode, and I mean most of them are totally unintelligible. I used to take uh, notes on the Wave. Do you remember? Do you remember when Wave? Yeah, was back, to, back when. Yeah, I mean, I think the Google Wave our, our, uh, or what revolutionized our communication. Yeah, it did that. I mean, obviously, now that I'm back to the back, not back to the uh, the legal pad. Um, you know, there's there's an interesting thing. I don't I don't know if it's taken off yet. There's a um, there's a similar uh, kind of there's a, there's an uh, it's both a web app and a uh, iPad iPhone app called Poplet, um, but it's trying to do a similar kind of thing. And, and Poplet allows you to make um, sort of mind maps, right? Uh, various webs of uh, so so as opposed to. Um, Google Wave with the what the still largely hierarchical um, uh, is Poplet, especially it's sort when of it, an outline format. Yeah, yeah. Poplet allows you to you create boxes, and then you know, and, and, and then this, this really works well with the, the user interface on the um, on the iPad. You move them around, right? You move you move them around as you see fit. You connect them. You create little cul-de-sacs um, and branches, and and so on. Um, and and so that the the kind of i the the order um, emerges um, kind of endogenously, as it were, um, endogenously. And- as it were, as it were, and, and in some ways, that's even what my. I mean, I think what we may we may scan and or photograph and post some of my my notes here, and so you have a, um, you know, I have a kind of running. Um, um, uh, set of lists of observations of things, but then there are these like there are these. Um, margin margin notes and that are that are in boxes that are kind of pulled out things and there's arrows connecting uh things that are emphasizing the overarching things right so one of the one of my overarching things one of the things that comes up um over and over again here uh, uh for this episode is surveillance i wrote down the word surveillance oh, wait, many- I wanna, let's let's not uh let's not launch into analysis yet because i, w- I want to report back on let's what- lo- oh yes okay let's continue to stare into the navel a little longer and, sure and what you asked uh so watch seasons one and two of gossip girl has seven votes uh-huh. Uh, which is 27%. How many does talk about uh, blackboards and note-taking have? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's other. Um, other. <laughs> it's, it's, one, it's one vote. Oh, uh, N equals 26, by the way. So um, uh, season uh, – Tied with season one and two of Gossip Girl is another series. Uh, the one that's mentioned most in the in the comments is Pretty Little Liars on ABC Family. Um, Teen Movies has uh, six votes for 23%. And um, 
season uh, series three and four of UK Skins, nineteen uh, percent with five votes. But this isn't, I think, enough of a sampling to like really allow the trends to no, uh, no. the trends to emerge. So, so go, is, is, go this to, how, is this how many is this how many listeners we have remaining? <laughs> <laughs> after yeah, <laughs> after oh. last week, no, uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people download this uh, download the show, and we're grateful for every single one of them. And mm-hmm. and apparently now we're not trying to alienate and confound you anymore. We're actually trying to do a good show uh, so that you enjoy it. And well, that's the most that's the, the way to be the most confounding is this meta uncertainty, right? So that it's that you never know who which one of us is going to show up, uh, which one <laughs> uh, for episode, right? So it's not even like because if we were consistently trying to confound you, that would be one thing. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna have really good episodes every so often, just frequently enough that you stick around. That is how, I mean, you know, the, the behavioral psychologists have found out that that is how you fuck up a lab rat, right? You, uh, you, re- <laughs> you reward it at random intervals. That is to say, uh, you know, little, little Mickey uh, hits, the, uh, hits the lever, and um, at random intervals it gets a, a little cocaine pellet, and at random intervals it gets an electric shock. And uh, it'll just keep tapping that because it wants that cocaine pellet. And, uh, you know, I mean, not, isn't it, it never... just possibly the cocaine and electric shocks that fuck up the lab rat? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, well, you can do it with you can do it with food, food pellets and, uh, and a slightly less unpleasant uh, stimulus. But, um, uh, you know, whereas whereas by giving it consistent electric shocks, you can actually develop an aversion to hitting the bar by rewarding it intermittently. Um, you, I guess, it's a food pellet that's usually used because yeah, cocaine would get it addicted, uh, and you want it to be able to walk away. Um, by rewarding it intermittently, you make it um, uh, you make it kind of Jones for hitting that lever and uh, really really fuck it up. It actually it reminds me of like checking email or something like that because you know mm. every every random interval you're rewarded with one really satisfying uh, email or a really compelling email, but most of it is just crap and and worse mm. yet you know a waste of your time. Um, the, so uh, you keep doing it, you keep doing it and doing it. You keep you know getting your iPhone out of your ass pocket to check the uh, you know to check the latest messages um again and again and again like a like a lab rat in a thing i we uh, we operate on a similar principle i guess uh so is yeah is this so so is this a cocaine pellet or a um <laughs> or electric shock or is it too soon to tell uh <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait until about 40 minutes in um so this is what this is what someone has to say about uh about pretty little liars i think you guys would find a lot to chew on and hopefully we can pivot this to gossip girl after this this is just this is the argument for pretty little liars this is what's on the table if you care uh you know go leave a comment and vote on the poll which is on overthinkingit.com um i think you guys would find a lot to chew on with pretty little liars shared secrets as a form of bonding secrets as political or emotional leverage the line between parenting and martyrdom affirmative sexuality rebellious sexuality vindictive sexuality uh, what is it about uh, a particular character that makes him the sort of Boo Radley of the show? Is that fair? Would his status change if he were not keeping secrets? Um, what motivates the girls to keep all the secrets they're keeping uh, with regards to their dead friend? With regards to their dead friend, is it loyalty or shame or you know the kind of self-interest? Uh, this is from Becca, who left the uh, comment on on uh, Tuesday, June twenty eighth. Um, so this is the this is the argument for pretty little liars uh, now, now matt um i believe if i remember correctly um when we were discussing what to do uh for summer school last year and we were you know 
before we had decided on UK skins uh, seasons one and two. Yes, I had um, seen I'd seen a screener of yeah, Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, and I, I and I had, I had brought this up, and I, I forget I, I should pull up your exact thing, but you definitely described it as something like a failed state, but it wasn't a failed state. It was that there was a that there was nothing there. There was no there there. Yeah, um, in, Gertrude, in Gertrude Stein's famous words about Oakland, uh, mm. the uh, yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of Gertrude Stein, uh, everyone go see Midnight in Paris. Midnight, Midnight in Paris, amazing, yeah, great film, really, really good Woody Allen movie. And you know, he's he's always kind of streaky, and this is this is up there with, uh, I don't know, what are the good ones recently? Match Point or um, yeah, you know I mean? but it's very, but it's, but it's interesting. I mean, it's the, like at this point, it's so interesting because they're like. And he he's made many different kinds of movies. I mean, I think that this is more of the like of a type like a like Purple Rose of Cairo kind of thing sure. um, than a a Match Point, which is like largely even not a particularly comedic film. No, um, not, not at all. It's or a, at it's, all, at it's all, a, right? It's a melodrama uh, straight down the line. Yeah, whereas I think that this had, I mean, this, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should do a separate episode on and find out if anyone else. Um, in the OTI world, um, saw this, saw saw this movie, but it, it does get at it does get at something which is like uh, the the way a city, uh, the way a you know a place can have a uh, can have a personality. Anyway, so I've uh, I've a friend who's involved in the representation of I think one of the actors in Pretty Little Liars, and so I saw a DVD screener of it before it came out. And it, it, the first episode was bad, but uh, but my girlfriend started watching it and and now is kind of hooked on it and says it's huh. it's pretty good, um, or at least compelling enough to come back. Uh, you know, so if they, I mean, I don't know if they get the, uh, if they get the mystery right, or even if they make a good soap, you, you know what show I like? I like the vampire diaries a lot, even though there's not a lot to, uh, to sort of chew on intellectually in the vampire diaries. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't ignite, uh, I couldn't get past S1E1 on vampire diaries. <laughs> vampire because there were too many people said uh, started sentences with "dear diary." Um, and yeah, I don't they, know stop, they, they drop they, the, they drop the diary conceit entirely about you know one third of the way through the uh, through the first um, uh, through the first season of it. But that's just a good that's just a good soap with good scares and good cliffhangers and good plot twists and you know good villains, mixed motivations and and you know the supernatural. They they kind of play fast and loose with the supernatural rules. They they basically make up new sets of rules as it suits them so you know they get to kind of define the game every season mm-hmm. uh, uh you know in a way that in a way that suits them it's also it's from kevin williamson it's based on a series of novels but it's from Ke- kevin williamson who made my beloved dawson's creek um we could do dawson's creek oh my summer. god oh don't tease me ryan uh, the most turgid of the sciences once again <laughs> rises again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's pivot it. Let's pivot into Gossip Girl. I'm sorry. You just went from I... comparative literature to physics. <laughs> <laughs> Boners. <laughs> Boners are fun. So how how does uh, how does electric shocks go and for, for so, you? Yeah. How's the how's the, <laughs> how's the week been for you? <laughs> that was good. It's a good week. Um, <laughs> um, busy week. Our weekly our weekly podcast. Um, so yeah. So you were talking. You started talking about surveillance. Yeah, and then you stopped, and now I'm not interested no, anymore. Okay, so then, then let me pivot from uh, let me pivot from Paris and uh, you. Uh, oh no, not you will meet a tall dark stranger. That was one of the bad ones. What's it called? Midnight in Paris. Um, let me pivot from that. Uh, 
the way um, cities can have personalities is kind of at the heart of um, uh, it's at the heart of, of Gossip Girl. And we've talked about some of the different cities like Paris and Prague uh, and New York, obviously. Uh, funny enough, in Glee, the way cities can have kind of an absence of personality. You know what I mean? The way, the way kind of uh, homogeneity or mediocrity uh, is its own kind of personality is one of the, one of the sort of shadow subjects of Glee, uh, which is why the New York episode, uh, totally fucked up though it was, um, was an int- was interesting at least in theory because you know what happens when when you take people out of sort of nowheresville and everywheresville uh middle americasville and put them in new york you, you know what they should have done this is what this is like what would have been like the, the flip the switch for me on glee is if like uh in in the episode of glee they had gone to the breadsticks like there's a big breadsticks in times <laughs> square uh they had gone to like the mega flagship breadsticks that would have been awesome because that would have <laughs> captured i mean we've talked about this before but you know when I when I lived in in the middle of America, uh, you know how I, I overheard a guy telling his girlfriend, "When we go to New York, you know we're going to go to the Abercrombie and Fitch and the the Banana Republic," uh, with the idea that you know on Fifth Avenue was the the er store of all of, of each of these uh, stores, and, and actually, somehow that, I mean, that was what New York is about. It's, it's going through these. Yeah, it's not false that there is a kind of a big banana republic that you know uh, mixed in with. Um, yeah, but like, I mean, but that's not the Banana Republic. It is, uh, like, in, it, like uh, that's the Banana Republic uh, in the same way that like a bunch of like rich white dudes uh, are the patriarchy. Like, I mean, uh, um, it, it's kind of mis- I mean, it's like I think that the Banana Republic is the it, you know I don't know about the history of those brands, but I think if there were to be a the Banana Republic or a the something this or the that, uh, it is the thing that was the. You no, know, it's like like there is a the Starbucks in in Seattle, right? That was a. And it's actually yeah, that's actually important. That's very important to the, like the mythology of Starbucks. It's funny, like with with these brands, especially these clothing band, brands, especially with you know Banana Republic, Gap, and Old Navy all being the same company. Yeah, yeah, more or yeah, less. Yeah. You know, there isn't. I mean, they're everywhere and nowhere. They are. If you read, I mean. If you haven't, if you're off for the summer and you've never read it, go read Derrida's uh, seminal essay, Structure, Sign, and, and um, sub- Structure, Sign, and Play in the Discourse of the Human Sciences, right? Where he sort of talks about, talks about the kind of everywhere and nowhereness of meaning, uh, you know, and the kind of the, the structurality, um, the kind of the ever expanding structurality without a center. Uh, the idea that there is no kind of one stable meaning that makes it all, that makes it it all makes sense. You know, if there is uh, the gap, it's the gap that kind of lives in the minds of people in the Midwest, right. you know? Right. It's, or there, it's, there's or it there's that, the or uh, there's that, and then there's the actual, like, you know, concentration of kind of, you know, what, capital and management practices, right? Uh, that are then applied to, uh, br- you know, branding, right? Uh, of, of some kind, sure. right? Um... But this, yeah. but this is actually, I mean, this is sort of a, uh, uh, this is an interesting cognitive bias, right? That like in the absence of information, you, you assume that things are like, that, that things you're not familiar with are like the things that you're familiar with. And mm-hmm. I mean, when, when, when last we brought this up, I think all the times I brought this up, I've, I've brought up, I, I don't know if our, our listeners know this, but I, I spent, um, <laughs> I spent some time in the employ of the Catholic church. Uh, 
not you know in any sort the of- the Catholic Church. <laughs> you too. So you you you're in the you're in the Vatican then, huh? yeah. the Catholic Church. <laughs> Every, well, I mean, it's actually the the discourse about kind of hierarchicality about you know a hierarchy versus kind of decentralization was mm. was actually um, kind of really current then in the church because it was during the. Uh, I, I, I was an administrator. It was a sort of a nonprofit job out of college, but uh, you know, it, it was during the sex abuse crisis. So, it, so this whole like you know authority and cover up and sort of secrets kind of thing was very was very current then. And you know, all these horrible stories were coming out every day. Um, but uh, you know, I spent some time in the employ of the Catholic Church, and so I you know I learned just by osmosis a little bit about theology and uh, the theology of heaven. Right, um, is the the actual academic theology of heaven uh, has nothing to do with like oh grandma loved baking cookies in her life and so she's uh she's now she's baking cookies with jesus you know in the afterlife now that now that she's dead and this is the sort of crap that you hear people say at funerals all the time and i suppose it's comforting and that's that's good but you know from a from the point of view of kind of academic theology from the point of view of you know uh saint augustine or something like this or you know some of the the writers who have written about quote-unquote heaven um uh, it's you know it's it's sort of beyond it's beyond your experience it's a, it's a sort of state beyond your experience and the idea that that New York is a state sort of beyond your experience seemed to be lost uh, lost on the person you overheard in the mm-hmm. Midwest mm-hmm. Uh, w- where you sort of assume that heaven where that like uh, you know grandma is is baking cookies for uh, for Jesus you know what I mean or that yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know that cousin Bob who you know dropped dead of a heart attack right is like running marathons with Jesus now or something. <laughs> like that you know <laughs> so this actually gives us a good a good hook into this this um this this run of uh gossip girl episodes because the the new character that's introduced right. who was introduced in the last episode is cousin charlie yeah. right who it was exactly one of these figures um and it's it's what you get when you you get one of these either this this person that i overheard um you know uh i believe actually if i remember correctly if memory serves where i overheard that conversation was at an olive garden but not the <laughs> olive garden not, not the, the olive, olive garden that's in, in Times Square. That's in Turin, right? Like, uh, <laughs> um, um, so Charlie is actually. I mean, Charlie is actually not Charlie. This is the. You know, this is the interesting thing. Whoa! Like, spoilers. <laughs> with, both with Juliet. Ned, Ned both dies, with, man. Ned dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I don't even watch it. I, I don't read. I, I neither read nor watch Game of Thrones. Ned dies, motherfuckers. I was afraid. The, um, uh, go on. Yeah. So, so Charlie, we as, haven't, as we we haven't pro, reiterated our spoiler policy in a while. We're pro, generally, <laughs> aggressively, aggressively. There's no secrets on this podcast. Um, um, so it, it's actually just like Juliet, right? Though uh, it's just like Juliet. That is to say, um, and she actually kind of even looks a, a little bit like Juliet, right? Uh, yeah. Where um, where it turns out that she is a person uh, with ulterior motives whom you didn't uh, whom you sort of didn't you didn't expect though it's not re- uh, introduced with quite the the same flair as you know Juliet sitting there reading Wharton's The House of Mirth uh, 
while you know Nate is having his waffles or, or yeah yeah well let's let's go there though I mean I think this is interesting right so what we you know what Matt's saying and I, I'm fine to, I'm fine to play it this way given given the um you know the policy that I have on spoilers um but is you know what we kind of learn at the very very end of the season at the end of this four season run is that that um what Charlie is not Charlie like there is a Charlie but it sounds like Charlie is like in a mental institution somewhere right that's kind of what that's it's it's unclear but there's like some kind of Charlie who's like real Charlie who's locked away and this this Charlie um, that we've been seeing for for four or five weeks um, has is, is essentially an actress or is a uh, who has been hired by um, by by Lily's uh, right sister by Serena's aunt to basically to to get access to um, the the Rhodes family inheritance right so we we go a little we we, we go a little uh, Downton Abbey here um, sure right right there's, uh, there's, there's Abbey which, which Lily is watching while she's at home with her uh, with yes ankle yes yes yes. Which, yes, which you know, is great detail. Um, yeah. So, you know, the whole time, like, Charlie is not, in fact, crazy. She's not, in fact, in love with Dan, you know. Mm-hmm. But you do get the sense at the end that she is sort of jonesing for for a little more Upper East Side life, that she kind of got a taste for it now, you know, uh, and now uh, wants more. And this, you know, and she has Georgina's number. And this, you know, of course... Um, uh, this this will be like most Gossip Girl plot lines, all tick, tick, tick and no boom. But, uh, you know, at least it's interesting to imagine the promise of a uh, Ivy slash Georgina alliance and, you know, what they could do uh, with some of that Rhodes, uh, Rhodes trust um, scratch that, uh, you know, that she has the checks to steal. Well, let's go. But like, so I think that there's something interesting here, right? Because... Let's. I, I think I did. A, I mean, what you're what you're saying actually something that I wrote down, and I think that's this this, is, this comes in page uh, page three of my notes. Um, uh-huh. uh, turn turn to page three of the uh, of the crazy crazy manic scribbles that you, that you have sure. uh, in front of you. Um, no, and I, I said that um, you know sort of is everything that we see with Charlie in this first set of episodes consistent with what is revealed, right? Um, and so that. It, you know, I, I was trying to kind of follow the lines of this, of like, what do we have to believe, or what, you know, what is true, given you know what we see in this episode where she appears to be entirely, um, you know, kind of a rube, right? Um, and and, and a kind of like, and, and a little like, you know, like, oh gosh, I'm in the big city, um, and and is. Um, and, and, you know, and, 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 and we start with that, right? We, so we go from kind of like, you know, like clueless to like crazy to manipulative, right? That's kind of the arc that we, that we see. And there might be a few other, um, modes in between, but I, I think that, you know, in some ways, I, I think that it is, is in some ways consistent, right? So that even if, you know, she is a an imposter. She's an actress. She's someone who's who's put in here for for a mission. I mean, I think that what we see in this first episode is 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 consistent with that. Um, and that you know, unless that you're you know that she's like kind of going in black ops style, and you know has a. Um, you know, a, a, like a briefing, right. Of who is who, what their relationships are, um, you know, which is what, um, Blair gets when she goes into the Royal family, which we should, we should discuss, right. When Blair is trying to, to, to go before the, um, family of the, um, 
uh, of, of, of the prince, the prince's family, um, she's memorizing uh, etiquette and, and lineages and things like that. And styles, um, you know, forms and styles. of dress and things like this. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. I think that's in the second, the next episode. Um, and Dorota, like, it's, it's fun that Dorota is schooling her on this because Dorota is, is European, so presumably it's in her blood. It's in her blood. They they just know these things, right? These like small who curtsies when and yeah, and well, the, when the you with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and and so you know, I think that you know, on one hand, she could have been schooled in that, but like in some sense, what I almost believe or what I would like to believe um, is that you know, in some ways, like. It's always the 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 con is actually a little more sophisticated than that, right? It's that um, rather than saying here are all these people, like go and act stupid, you know, act like you don't know who they are or what's going on or whatever. Like, I mean, the way to explain what's going on in this episode is that in fact this person is kind of dropped in, um, unaware, right? So that you you part of what you have is. Um, you know, she really does not understand context at all, right? And there are many, many times throughout this episode where it's like the they, they, they play the joke, which has been played before a few other times for laughs, of where they just kind of, you know, with a straight face, factually describe things that have happened. Um, you know, yep. Dan says, oh, like, what's that room? She's like, oh, that was my sister's room. But then she got shipped off uh, after going crazy. Um, and then it was like a, then Vanessa lived here. And then uh, it was a baby nursery, right? And, you know, like, and that's that's where, yeah, wrote for Georgina's baby, and that's where I had the threesome with Hillary Duff and the right, uh, right, you know. right, right, yeah, right. sure. Right. And, and and so that and, and so in some sense, right, and, and you see this also, right, like when um you know that the, 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 there are these kinds of like so when she is sent very early in the episode to go spy on Dan, right, uh, and and uh, at Vilselka, um, and and then she kind of you know she sees Dan goes in and uh, go in and turns around, you know I think does not see Louis go in or does not you know recognize him or know that that is an important thing, um, and then see Blair goes and she goes oh they are on a date right so she makes this inference based on basically just what she sees, um, and. And, and without without the contextual knowledge of of like what the rest of that means, right? Then Serena goes charging in, and um, and and, uh, and and I think Dan at that point has left, right? And and so and and she finds she sees uh, Louis and um, and Blair, and 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 says to Charlie. Um, like oh oh you are you you were confused you must have been confused uh, you've met so many people um, and and we can talk about what the effect that that had um, because I think from there she actually goes off script so I think there's like actual real like confusion right and like actual like real like um, backlash to, the, to to being condescended to sure well the, the um, I mean the, oh that's that's interesting I had I mean I hadn't thought of that I you know being a rube is a good cover for intelligence gathering because you can mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, you know what I mean you mm-hmm. can motivate a lot of explanations uh, from people without mm-hmm. w- without seeming suspicious you know so um, right right but, right uh, yeah I mean what uh, her mission ultimately is is to get the the checks but like I, I think that this this kind of second mission this backlash mission of hers becomes to like uh, to sow as much discord as possible hmm. that, that I don't know. So, so you you read it as being a very parallel mission to um, to Juliet, right? So you kind of see this as as a Juliet redux in some sense. Yeah, I I actually do. Insofar as she even kind of looks the same. 
I don't know. I would I would disagree. Um, actually, I think that I I think that oh how how to say this? Like I think that um, in the case of Juliet, the creating the kind of social discord um, and disintegration is the uh, and specifically isolating Serena is the you know is the end in itself, right? And in some ways, the um, you know, integrating into the social scene is uh, is like the means to that, and then getting like a relationship with Nate is kind of an un- unintended consequence, right? So, uh, whereas I think with I, I don't know, I think with 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 the, in the Charlie plot, I would actually say that. Um, and I think that this is how I read the what happens at the end. That I think that some of right. So that um, I think the impetus for this side mission, for this backlash, right, is this kind of um, like, you know, in some ways, it's always like, right, she's not a pro. Like a pro, a pro con artist would be like, whatever, this like, you know, like, uh, fuck this bitch who kind of descended me, but whatever, I'm, I, I got eyes on the prize. But like, in some ways, like she kind of didn't like separate playing the part of a rube uh, from like you know, being treated like a rube. And then, so like, I think she had a little bit of this, Oh, you think you're better than me? Um, kind of, kind of response. Um, but then also, right. Like, so again, I was, we, we've talked in the past about principal agent problems. Um, and I think that one kind of principal agent problem, you know, a principal agent problem is, is a relationship where there's someone giving orders, um, and then someone who's executing the, those orders. Um, and there's, there's often different like preferences or incentives that are faced at those two levels. And there's a, there, there's, there's, uh, asymmetric information is held between these two individuals so that a boss doesn't know everything that a worker is doing, cannot monitor them uh, perfectly. And I think one of the, like the hazards, one of the problems that's, um, you know, actually, typically there, there associated. Is a, uh, there's an, there's a, an issue like this in a game of Thrones, right? Uh, not in the, uh, not in the series that we've seen so far, but in later books when, um, you know, when Rob Stark wants uh, Edmure Tully to, uh, to actually allow Tywin Lannister's army to cross the Red Fork and penetrate mm-hmm. through the meager mm-hmm. defenses, but but Ed, uh, you know, which would actually uh, you know trap him. He would be outflanked uh, if if he did that, and he would think he was victorious until they you know they flanked him and, and smashed his army. But um, uh, but in fact, Edmure thinks his uh, his job is to hold the Red Fork, and so he keeps rebuffing mm. this army to uh, mm. to Rob's eventual uh, uh, dismay. You know. Hmm. Um, hmm. Anyway, hmm. good good, good no. That's a, that's a similar one, Ned right? Dies. So I think that so one so one kind of um, you know typical principal agent problem is is shirking, right? So is that the um, you know the 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 principal, the the boss, the supervisor, the whomever um, would like the agent to expend a certain level of effort, um, and the and the agent would rather not, essentially. But I think that you know both what you describe and and what we see with Charlie is is almost an opposite of of like kind of over eagerness, right? Of going going rogue, um, and and kind of um, you know pursuing her own agenda and i think that you know in some ways like these you you, you i i mean i do see i mean it's, it's hard i guess it, you know we, we should watch the arc carefully but i mean it's hard to say um you know i think that i guess i guess the point here is that 
I actually what I actually read is that um, you know in addition to getting a kind of taste for the glitz and glamour, I mean I think that she acquired a taste for the the personal uh, relationships and and kind of earlier on right there is a, a an attempt to kind of exercise agency within that world that became an end in, into itself, um, and it was kind of this sense of sort of self actualization that was recognized through kind of the you know both the dyadic relationships and the group relationships right and so that um that that she it was like being a part of that world um became a thing into itself and that may have been a relation the relationship with dan um may have been you know the the general kind of excitement or whatever um but I th- and if your your uh agent is doing something covert uh they have leverage over you when the thing yeah. is done because they you know they have knowledge of your sort of ulterior actions um uh, right. Well, this is right. I mean, this is twenty four, right? This is every season of twenty four, <laughs> um, right? Where it's it's. I mean, where that's all about going rogue, right? Um, because you know, uh, you know, Jack is is purportedly an agent of various, you know, of, of ultimately the president of the United States, and there's a chain of bosses usually between. Usually, I mean, often one trope in twenty four is that. You know, there's a boss above Jack, and and he actually feels that 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 principle is is kind of misconstruing or misrepresenting is a bad agent of the ultimate principle, which is like the president and ultimately like the people of the United States, right? And so he has to go rogue. You have to you have to like um, go you know violate the orders of one principle to serve another principle. Um, well, yeah, presumably a, 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 higher, a higher or a more you know the principle. The principle is your pal. Um, No, I see this in writing sometimes from students, and that's bad. Frowny face. That is bad. Uh, The principal is your pal, but the prince of PLE uh, is, uh, you know... Has nothing to do with game theory. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the... um, yeah. So um this is this leads to uh this leads to what I like to call the law of kill the hooker uh which is that you know you have to like um in a very sort of uh ruthless sort of sun tzu art of war way uh you you got to get rid you got to get players off the table you got to get pieces off the the gay board who have um uh, who have knowledge of your your real motives if your motives are sort of uh ulterior to your purported motives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so like the the um, the twenty four solution would be that uh, uh, Lily's sister, I forget his name, her name gets you know gets Ivy off the bus, collects yeah, the checks yeah, from her, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, shoots her yeah. twice in the chest, uh, yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah. Hey, fun fact, actually, by the way, both Serena's uh, beachside um, script meeting that she has, and also uh, also Charlie's. Um, Getting off the bus in Miami were shot. Both those things were shot in Santa Monica, California, my hometown. Uh, nice. The two locations, one supposed to be like Montecito, California. Well, I guess Serena is in L.A. The Montecito, you know, just so that you know, because we're very specific about the geography of New York. Uh, Montecito is a good 90 minutes uh, north of Los Angeles on U.S. Highway 101. Um, but, uh, you know, so then, then the camera turns around. It's supposed to be in Miami. But in fact, it's just uh, it's not 50 feet away. Uh, <laughs> shooting the uh, shooting the bus, but they shot Santa Monica for both Miami and uh, Montecito. I guess my hometown. Wow, God! If only if only more famous things came from Los Angeles. Um, there was a cameo in that in that scene um, as well. I forget, I and mean, we'll get there eventually. But um, who was it? There was a movie director that was um, in that. 
who was it? Do you remember? Like, it was talking yeah, about making it's, the it's David O. Russell. Yes, it is David O. Russell. That's who it is. That's who it is. Right. So David O. Russell's was it Great Gatsby? Is that the film that they're no it was that a, he's making? It was a different Fitzgerald. It was a different um, Fitzgerald. Beautiful and Damned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's the Beautiful and the Damned. Um, anyway, so you, you're talking about principal agent problems and and Charlie. Charlie, have we cashed Charlie out or are we? I, I think. Well, let's see. Because um, I want to talk about the Thorps a little bit. Because um, we've got to talk about uh, I, what still remains. I mean, what still remains here? There, there's Charlie. There's the Thorpe's plot line. There's the uh, European Royals plot line. Um, yes, and then there's the the Lily plot line, right? Um, which which kind of disappears a little bit in the other episodes. I mean, I think that you you that that this is a the if I remember correctly, the last major Lily plot line um, for for this season, right? And and that that centers around um, her being. Um, you know, being uh, being being uh, under house arrest, right? And so, the, you know, in some sense, I, mean, I think that's interesting because we've talked a lot about mobility and place uh, in, in, you know, in various forms of mobility, whether it's social mobility or, or actual physical mobility. And, and I think that's played with in a few ways um, in in this episode um, with with Lily, right? So, in one, you know, in, in some sense, you know, we were talking about you know, kind of the creation of these these brands and these major kind of clothing brands. I think there's I mean, uh, I, I, I think what the most interesting, one of the more interesting product placements um, I've seen in uh, in Gossip Girl happened in this episode that we're discussing. Uh, was, no, it was the um, Guilt Group. Are you familiar with oh, Guilt yeah. Group? Guilt Group is the is a online um, luxury clothes uh boutique essentially discount, that yeah, discount this discount, tags disc, yeah, trunk sale. yeah 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 exactly um and so that's very it's very interesting right because it's one where you know i mean it's 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 there's so many layers because it's like uh on one hand like you know i i don't really see the care you know given that we've seen um these characters pay retail for all of these designers and more time and time again there's something that's not totally credible about that but right. then there is when, this sort of this jenny when jenny talks about who you know her sort of budding fashion sense when she talks about like getting things on bluefly.com mm-hmm. you know yeah. which yeah. is the sort of predates it uh in terms of uh, you know being a discount designer website right that uh right right that, right, that right. makes sense but what the hell is lily doing on you know lily should be going to the prada you know, yes, the, uh, <laughs> the Bergdorf Goodmans, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Bloomies, you know. Um, yeah, but I think it's interesting, right? It, it, that in some sense, right? It, that is, I mean, it's it's it, it's trying to. There's there's several things going on with that product placement, right? Because it's that the. In some sense, like people who are, if not like in Gossip Girl already, but in the kind of you know the real world next tier under the Gossip Girl level, that is kind of you know upper middle class to like you know you know like rich rich people in New York, um, and I'm, I'm talking about kind of like like the kind of rich that you need to be to be kind of upper middle class in New York, as opposed to the you know what's portrayed in here, right? Like the the Rufuses, the Humphreys of the world, who are let's, like they're rich, like. You know, you put them, you put them in, you know, you put them in breadsticks and they're they're already, yeah, any of these, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of glee world, they're, they're aristocracy, right? Um, uh, 
so that the the kind of Humphrey levels of of the world in the real world already know about um, guilt group, right? Um, I mean, um, and and I think that so what's interesting is that it's like there's this interesting. Right, so like most gossip girl pot product placements are, oh, where is that thing? I don't know. Let me look on Bing, um, and, and and you're and it's done, like, and you're and Bing, and you're done. Um, or let me look at this like my, stupid Microsoft social network enabled um, smartphone thing, um, and and it's 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 like okay, that didn't fit. I think that when you think about like guilt in the way that we we first discuss it it doesn't totally compute um but then when there's the level of like you know that this is a the the you know lily can continue to like shop to do the things that she does and is is not constrained by by space so you can have luxury wherever you are whether you know you're in house arrest or you are in ohio um or in the middle of america right and so this is like the cell to like the you know the non New York viewership of of Gossip Girl, right? They're they're kind of taking guilt beyond you know beyond the coasts, um, and kind of getting it out to a larger o- audience, you know. So it is, and you can all have the guilt because it is it is you know it doesn't live. There is no the guilt. It's it's in the box. It's in that kind of iconic box that is um, that comes to you. Um, so that yeah, I mean that's uh, that is very interesting. Like I was thinking about mobility, and you know it strikes me that like power is expressed in through mobility in a couple of ways one is where you can go right mm-hmm. uh the other is who you can get to come to you or what you can get to come to you yes you know yes. that is to say like uh you know louis 14 didn't go anywhere you know he he brought everyone to him and that was that was sort of the expression of his power and this was you know with lily under house arrest and and the party moving the party to the loft so that lily could uh, could attend what was that the modern royalty release party or no it wasn't but it was this is the, it was the pink party when uh moving that to the to the to the loft like this is you know this is how uh if you if you are not mobile in that you can't go anywhere um this is how sort of power is expressed uh, in mobility in terms of making things making things come to you and i guess the kind of democratizing power of internet commerce is yeah. that you know in exchange for you know some good old fashioned american greenbacks you can uh, uh you can get luxury good luxury will come to you you know that's right I mean? it's, it's 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 just kind of democratizing elitism right why go um, to, which why is why go to the bergdorf goodmans when you can make you know the bergdorf goodmans trunk sale come to you Right. Um, well, then I think that there's an interesting flip side of this, right? Where so you say that you know part of this expression power is making people come to you, um, but then you know what's I think really interesting is that there's this layer, right? Of um, and we we we, we at least. I said the word surveillance. We didn't talk about a lot. I mean, I think what part of what we were talking about um, when we were talking about Charlie was was about surveillance and as her, act, you know, the thing she was an agent of, um, or her her task when she was an agent when she was acting as Serena's agent was surveillance was following um, Dan in this episode, um, and and Lily is you know under electronic surveillance um, as the terms of her. Um, of, of of her sentence, um, and so, but she's able. She uses that as we've seen in like you know in a few different ways before. But I think this is the first time where it's a technological cue. Is that she's able, you know, that her way of of ending the party is is also through moving, right? Is is through is through like exercising agency over where she goes under a regime that is supposed to keep her from moving. She then is able to 
get people out of her space, right? If they, like, if you think about the layers of that. Um, it's, it's, you know, postmodernism is like a, a thick crust pizza or something like that, or thin <laughs> crust pizza. Um, it's a deep cut for all of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta, you gotta listen through the whole archives to uh, do that. Maybe we should just listen to our own uh, episodes over the summer. <laughs> if we should just do, know. if we're just doing an overview of our, of our own episodes <laughs> and then, and we have commentary that you, that meant to be listened to while you listen to previous episodes and it's it's all us like you know masturbating and going god we rock you know that was really clever i don't know no i thought you were pretty clever there postmodernism is like a a thin crust yeah postmodernism is like a thin crust pizza yeah um so uh yeah so 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 i was i was saying i mean funny, funny edith wharton little little quotation from edith wharton um the the first scene of um uh, the first scene of uh, uh, The Age of Innocence takes place at the Academy of Music, um, which is where they used to go to see operas before these upstarts at the Met started, uh, you know, um, started, you know, challenging their supremacy. Anyway, the, um, uh, the Academy of Music. And uh, so Wharton describes, uh, we start in on this scene at, at, at um at the opera where Michelle Pfeiffer uh, is introduced and Daniel Day-Lewis is instantly smitten and fascinated with her and everyone is all abuzz because she's been in Europe and has been tainted by the dirty bad sex of the uh, European, you know, decrepit, decaying European aristocracy. And uh, so we're inside the, um, uh, we're inside the opera and uh, Ward describes the uh, line of carriages outside the opera. Um, and uh, and remarks offhand, uh, it seems that Americans are uh, even more eager to uh, flee entertainment than they were to get to it in the first place. Hmm. So are you eager to flee this episode of these fucking teenagers? Uh, we'll let you off the we'll let you off the hook. Uh, you know, you have to write your reading response for next week. Um, but next week, there'll be plenty of cocaine pills. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or, or it could be shot. Or not. Yeah. Who knows? Got to show up. Got to tune in. Find out. <laughs> you, you don't know. <laughs> no, in, in serious though, there will be the cocaine pills of, of more Gossip Girl. Yeah. Um, that, right. is, that is what we'll promise. I, I think we, you know, we've left a little bit in the tank for you guys. Um, I think that there's still some, you know, we're, we're going to keep going, marching sequentially through the uh, episodes. So we'll right. probably discuss uh, the Princess's Diaries and also the, um, there's, a, I think, a Chuck episode after that. And so we'll kind of do like one to one and a half, um, but we'll also kind of move thematically, right? So I think that the two kinds, our focus is going to go back to the Thorpe plot line and, and the Royal plot line. And then we'll, we'll tie in the, uh, the Charlie side as, as that comes up. Um, but I think that's, that's what's on the syllabus for next week. Yep. Um, great. And you may find it. I mean, you know, they're all on the waffles or they, you know, they may be on like the CW website or something like that. They're on the CW website, yeah. but it takes like an hour and a half to watch them, uh, because they put, they, they pack about, Four commercials in, in every commercial break. It's like it's like worse than watching it uh, watching it live on uh, on television. Well, yeah. um, you can go back and do you yeah, do little uh, do little close reading with us. Uh, close reading of the, of the principal agent problem. Close yes. reading of the uh, you know oh, oh God help me. Close reading of the uh, ulteriority and of the uh, ulterior ulteriority. Close reading uh, of of blackboards and whiteboards. <laughs> close reading of online uh, educational technology. Close reading of that most turgid of sciences. These, These fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers.